Hello and welcome back to the Loyal Sun Show. That's at the Loyal Suns on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Follow us there and follow us here for pit sports content you won't want to miss. If you love 80 and Sunny for the spring game, this, this is the place for you. The Loyal Sun Show, a safe, sunshiny place for your pit athletics fix, presented by Section 5. Hello, everyone. Get ready for a great show today. I am David. I am joined by Squid, as always. Uh, Dylan is taking vacation in Nashville. He's uh, partying it up in the honky-tonk capital of the world and doing the Lord's work. He chirped some guys in uh, Cincy Bearcats gear uh, yesterday. So while not on the show today, he is is doing his part as a loyal son. Um, We have a great show for you today. We talk with pit long snapper Byron Floyd. Uh, We get to talk to him about the upcoming season, um, as well as his awesome uh, charity work that he's doing with Children's Hospital, uh, his Snapper 49 uh, charitable campaign uh, where he will be selling gear and some seasonings to benefit Children's Hospital. He tells us all about that and much, much more. Uh, but before we get into the interview real quick, um, we'd be remiss if we didn't, you know, talk about the spring game a little bit. That's coming up on Saturday. You excited, Squid? I am inevitably going to wake up tomorrow morning. This is Sunday night, so it'll be Monday morning. Roll out of bed, hit snooze a few times, feeling down in the dumps about going to work after a long, busy weekend. But there is pit football this weekend. So mm. all is well in the world. Uh, I can't wait. We get a, a little taste of football. It's been so long. It feels extra long because basketball season went on for so long. So we got to get back into the swing of things for football. And when's the last time it wasn't just absolutely disgusting for a spring game? Oh, last year was horrible. I think aside from the first play of the game, which was a Nick Patty deep strike to Mountfield. I don't think a single thing happened aside from Keaton Slovis looking extremely pedestrian. It hailed. I remember that. There was nobody there because it was 30 It's going to hail again, hailing. just a, a different kind of hailing. Yeah, a good hail. A good hail. So I can't wait. I think we're sleeping on a little bit. I think it's sneaking up on us, but... We are. We gotta, we're sleepwalking. Let's go. Let's get into it. What do you want to see? I'm All right. so ready. So that's a that's a good segue. Uh, we just wanted to talk real quick. We can't go super in depth without our our guy Dylan, um, but we we did decide on uh, three things each that we will be very keenly looking for uh, next Saturday. So Squid, would you like to go first? Yes, I will say the passing game. I want to okay. see a passing game. I know it's kind of impossible in a spring game because you have so many random combinations of quarterbacks, linemen, receivers. It's hard to do early in the year. I know last year the offensive line was shorthanded and the quarterbacks were under duress every play. But I'd like to see an attempt to work in a passing game because every quarterback we have, aside from Nate Yarnell, is new. Uh, I want to see yeah. who the receivers are, who looks good, aside from Mumpfield and Means. I want to see Dracovic look better than Slovis did last year. I don't know his stat on the top of my head. It wasn't good last year. So I want to have some optimism going into the rest of the year at uh, at that uh, facet of the game. Because I think the running backs are fine. Running hand will be fine. Yeah. I'm higher on SIBO than most. So I'm not too worried about them. 
passing game. Show me something, Frank. Yeah, and if I can piggyback off of that, um, my my number one thing was uh, a emerging offensive weapon. So, like you said, we kind of know what we have out of that running back room. Uh, Rodney Hammond is is he's a guy. He is a genuine guy. And even though we lose Izzy, we lose an All American who ran for a NCAA high or, or FBS high twenty touchdowns. We know what we have replacing him, and he's great. Um, Sebo did really well last year. Um, it's really the passing game that is uh, a question mark, and, and we know that Monfield has potential. We know that Means has potential. We know that Bart has a lot of potential. But I I need another guy to show up on Saturday and say, hey, I'm going to be a guy on this offense um, so that I can go into the summer feeling a little bit better uh, about what we're going to look like. Yes, that would be huge. I mean, honestly, if a freshman receiver just had like a sick one-handed catch or something, that would that would be sufficient for checking this box. There is a laundry list of wide receivers on this team that we were pretty excited about when they committed, but just haven't done a single thing yet because of lack of opportunity. So here's your opportunity. Let's let's see what you got. So it sounds like we'll be uh, watching the offense quite keenly. And and that's that's to be expected because I think everything we've heard out of training camp has been, oh, the defense looks suffocating. The defense looks suffocating. Um, and while that is awesome and what we've come to expect for a Randy Bates, Chuck Partridge, Pat Narduzzi team, um, you do have to score points to win football games. Correct. That is true. Yeah, that is a thing. And the the implied of the defense looking insane is that the offense doesn't look great in practices. Yeah, that's the thing about the spring game. It's like, oh, sweet. We had nine sacks. Uh, does our offensive line suck? The quarterbacks didn't look great. Is there's our secondary a, that good? There's a yin to every yang. In so the hopefully all game. of the guys yeah. that aren't going to play get torched, and the guys who are going to play look amazing, and I will sleep easy something like that yeah yeah what's your next one so this isn't a concern the last one was a concern i want to see how the passing game looks i i'm not sold yet Mm -hmm. our defensive line will be very good i'm about ready to just pencil them in for top five in the fbs and sacks again and i don't even know the rotation is going to be at the defensive ends so i know dayon hayes will be one of those guys on the one end Mm-hmm. I have a great feeling about him this year, but who's going to be on the other side? Are we going to get Bam Remo making a jump? Uh, a lot of praise from Sam Oak and Lola. There's uh, Elliot Donald, highly touted recruits on that defensive end position. Who's next? Yeah, uh, Jimmy Scott, um, Fitzsimmons, uh, mm-hmm. Nakai Johnson. Oh yeah, how did I miss Nakai Johnson? He he might be because they've been hiding one. him from us. Yeah, they've been hiding us, him from us for years. Secret weapon. So I I think we can both agree that we have high expectations for the defensive line. We just don't know who is going to be those guys yet. Yeah, I think last year in the spring game, John Morgan was nearly smacking the quarterback's arm every play because he was going up against freshman uh, <laughs> offensive tackles. 
but it was awesome to see uh, that we just had a game wrecker. Uh, he had some big moments for us. So I want to see something like that again. I want to yeah. see somebody take over. And likewise, I I remember um, Haba Baldonado treating the spring game like a walkthrough. And there's probably zero correlation, but he also didn't have his best year last year. So we could pretend there's correlation to uh, assign value and importance to the spring game. There probably wasn't, but it's a lot more exciting going into the week if we, you know, try to connect these things. Yeah, I mean, last year, Halba doesn't go all out. That's fine. Don't want to get hurt. Trying to get healthy. Can't see. I don't even think he played. Maybe he played like a drive. Uh, now we have a bunch of guys that are hungry. They're in position mm-hmm. battles. So uh, they'll be pinning their ears back and getting after it. I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, so my next one, also looking at an entire position group. Uh, well, let me answer this with a with a question. Is special teams during the spring game a thing? Yes. I actually haven't been to one in a couple years. Can yeah. you, like, you punt, you kick? There's no returns, but they go through all the motions. I don't okay. think you are allowed to try to block or return anything, but they definitely snap the ball and kick the ball, and they okay. definitely should be forced to because they need to practice that. Yes, yes. So that was a good refresher for everyone on how some of the rules work. Um, but so I, um, you know, we we the loyal sons have have some friends in some places. Um and have been hearing not great things about the punters. Um, Emphasis which is on the S and punters. Punters, plural. Because uh, if you recall, we have four of them. We had a rotation of three punters last year. And we added another one, a transfer from Elon. Um, that is uh, Jeff Yerk. Um and they could just kind of never figure it out last year. Uh, Caleb Junko uncorked like an 85-yard punt in the bowl game against UCLA. And I think we kind of thought like, ah, do we just solve it? Do we just solve the punting issue? Um, but it, it would. W- what we've been hearing is that it's been, um, you know, th- some struggles from the, that group. So I would like to see someone take a step forward. I, I just want to see someone hit some bombs on, uh, on Sunday. I mean, you're, you're dealing with, you're getting the best snaps in the business from our guy, Byron, you know, just snag one of those and absolutely let her rip because I cannot handle any more delayed punts this year or any more blocks when they were doing, or, you know, or you, you remember the delayed punts, dropped punts. Do you remember that BS they were pulling last year where they would, like do the hesitation punts or whatever they were because uh, Vanderhaar couldn't kick it far enough. Yeah. So they would, they would, what do they call it? Like extra hang time, something like artificial that. Hang time. Artificial hang artificial time. Artificial hang time. Artificial hang time. Uh, where he would hold onto the ball for like a solid two or three <laughs> count to let the coverage get down because they knew he wasn't punting it 40 yards. I don't want that anymore. I want one of these guys to blast a couple, and I want to go into the summer feeling good about our special teams. I can't believe that we are going to be paying attention to the punt game in the spring game. That's about the lamest thing I've ever heard. But I also agree with you wholeheartedly. That is 
Special teams are one third of the game. I mean, we know Ben yeah. Sauls is like killing it right now. We, we're very confident in, in that facet of special teams. It's just, are we going to be able to win field position battles with the punters on this roster? That is that is a very legitimate question, and I, I don't think we should overlook it. Yeah, there's too many miscues to list. So I'm going to forget that they happened and just hope everything goes well Saturday. Yeah, that sounds about right. My last one, what I'm looking forward to seeing, doing, experiencing the tailgate scene. Last year was a little weak. Weather sucked. It's going to be beautiful. There are no excuses to not be at the spring game this year. Zero. Bring your sunscreen. Bring your meat. Bring more sunscreen. Bring your beer. And have a day. Yeah, what else are you doing Pretend that this April. is the Super Bowl. Yes, yeah. this is the spring game. It'll probably end up like like 16 to like 9. It'll be a really stupid score. It'll be very ugly. It's going to be bad football. There's not going to be any creativity, but treat it like the Super Bowl. Go out there, pretend it's the backyard brawl. and have Football's like pizza. Even your dog shit pizza is still pretty good. We have a great opportunity ahead of us. Absolutely. Let's take advantage of it. And like, I don't want Pitt to get into the pissing contest of uh, spring game attendance because that seems to be a thing every year. Like you're the the future and the present uh, status of your program dependent on how many college kids you can get to show up to a meaningless spring game, usually in terrible weather in April or March. Um, we don't need to assign that level of value. Uh, I understand college kids might have some other stuff to do on a, a beautiful Saturday morning, uh, you know, a week before finals. But for the rest of us, it's a beautiful day. We're five more months from real football. It, just pack up a cooler, get to the North Shore, and enjoy, you know, this little oasis of football in the middle of months and months and months of no football well said well i can't top that one squid um but i i do want to throw out that i will be watching uh one particular player and that is gavin bartholomew i want to see a concerted effort um to have him be a part of this offense Uh, i think that is so key I said earlier that the only proven commodity we have on this offense is Rodney Hammond. And I don't count Bart among that. And the only reason for that is because uh, Signetti showed a lack of willingness to incorporate him into the offense last year. And until they pull their head out of their asses and give one of our biggest weapons the football, it's hard to say, you know, it's hard to view him as a super integral part of the offense. He can be, and he should be. I want them to show us that they are serious about using the talent that they have. I'm going to chalk last year up to Keaton Slovis not being able to get to whatever number read that Bartholomew was <laughs> and not playing yeah. playing Signetti. So hopefully fair, this fair, year, fair, fair. fill the thrill and Signetti will be like all out on Bart. 
uh, one request is maybe don't try to hurl anybody this weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know yeah, you yeah. can do it, Bart. It's probably just a habit for you now to keep just, it in the holster. Yeah, just maybe just go down. We don't need any landing funny on your knee or shoulder. Save it for the, the big games. Yeah. All right. Well, so I hope you guys are as excited for Saturday as we are. Um, We'll see you guys in the gold lot. Bring your beer. uh, Bring some pretty low expectations because, again, spring ball is usually pretty sloppy. But let's have a good time in the sun. Don't overthink it. Just show up. All right. So uh, coming up, we have that interview with Byron Floyd. Uh, Absolutely. Great interview. He is an awesome dude uh, raising money for a great cause, and he has some pretty cool stories for us and uh, very insightful, definitely worth the listen. So uh, without further ado, our guy Byron Floyd. It's not much of a secret that I have a home field apparel problem. Even before we started this show, I couldn't even step foot on a new college campus without making sure there was something from that school's home field collection waiting on my porch when I got home. So we are, understandably, over the moon to partner with home field this season to keep Pitt fans comfy, cozy, and stylish at a fraction of the price by using promo code LOYALSUNS for 15% off your next order. This discount applies site-wide and with unique vintage collections for every school from Pitt to Bama, Jackson State to Colgate, Michigan, Marshall, Marquette, and both Miamis, there's something for every fan. So whether you're buying for a Pitt fan or for a loser freak, use promo code LOYALSUNS at homefieldapparel.com to save big on your next order. Each code applies once per email address, so get those work emails and burners ready. That's homefieldapparel.com. Please welcome on to the show, the long snapper for your Pitt Panthers, Byron Floyd. Byron, how we doing, brother? Doing good. Just got back from class and ready to chop it up with the fellas. Uh, hell yeah, you said you had an exam earlier today. What was that on? Yeah, it was on intermediate microeconomics. So. Oh, good lord riveting yeah was... i can promise you this will be more fun than that i hope so <laughs> no it sounds like a lot of fun how's that how's how's camp starting off camp's good uh you know we've been punting every day we got a little competition with our punters um you know we just got a transfer from elon and then obviously caleb junko from last year um so you know we're just we're punting every day which is fun you know i get to snap every practice and uh you know, I was just telling the fellas before we hopped on that I was hopped in the linebacker drills for Coach Narduzzi today and uh, looking forward to doing that the rest of spring so I don't get yelled at. <laughs> he wants you getting downfield faster, you said, right? Yeah, getting downfield faster. He said uh, the two fumble recoveries weren't enough. I need some tackles this year. So <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I'd give you credit for those. You had, you had one against Tennessee and Duke, correct? Yeah, Each. yes. Do you get the the takeaway sticker uh, for that, or like last year? Or is there something you have to do this year to? No, I don't know how helmet stickers work. Yeah, that's just for practice. They give them the takeaway okay. stickers. So, and we're not live for punt, so unfortunately, I won't get any stickers. So, so did you do a dunk on the sideline, or did you... <laughs> I did against? Uh, I'm pretty sure against Tennessee was my dunk on the sideline. So that was cool, I guess. <laughs> 
do you do you think you took full advantage of of the dunk? Like, what what did we go with? We didn't see it. It was a basic one hand dunk. It was you know nothing special. So is that something like now that you've had a taste for it, you're working on in the off season? I don't know, like a mini hoop on your door or something. <laughs> yeah, I've been working on it. I actually do a mini hoop in my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky guess. So uh, we at the Loyal Suns, we love our long snappers. Of course, it's, you know. Pitt has had a great run of, uh, of, of guys, you know, throwing the long ball. Uh, and, and what we always love to ask is how did you get into snapping? Because there's, there's usually a, a fun story behind that and, you know, some twists and turns. So what you, you're, you're from mentor, Ohio, you, you played, uh, some, some guard, I believe in high school, what transitioned you to long snapper? Uh, so actually I did start my freshman year. Um, my grandpa did it. Uh, for his high school and John Carroll. And then my dad did it uh, when he was in high school. And he kind of was just um, sophomore year. I mean, there's a big school. It's like one of the top three biggest in Ohio. Um, so I knew I wasn't going to play a line as a sophomore. Um, so this is kind of just a way to see the field, you know, at a young age. Um, so, you know, I really started picking it up that summer going into sophomore year. Um, you know, I went to some camps. My dad really taught me, like, the basics of it um but yeah it was I, I ended up winning the job as a sophomore and started uh you know at mentor and then you know, I got my first offer from Kent State when I was a junior and then I just kept going to camps and getting better so you said you're from three generations of long snapper yeah it's quite the tradition unfortunately I didn't get my grandfather's size he was six foot five 300 pounds um uh, I did not get that, unfortunately. <laughs> and, enough size to go D one, though. Enough, yeah. Not at a line, unfortunately. I do end up finding myself watching. Uh, you know, I go watch Pass Pro and them doing ones on ones and stuff because obviously Jacoby um, went to Mentor as well, and we played next to each other my junior year. So, you know, I just find myself going over there and kind of just talking to O line stuff with them. So. When did you realize, I mean, obviously you won the job your sophomore year, but when did you realize you were pretty good at long snapping? Was it when that first offer came in or did you know right away? Like, oh, I kind of got to, I got to think for this. To be honest, I was kind of terrible my sophomore year. Um, <laughs> oh no. Uh, I mean, I wasn't, I'm not terrible, but obviously, cause I still was able to do it, but really junior year, like that summer going into junior year, I went to a ton of like Rubio long snapping camps. I was competing against other guys and stuff, and I just kept getting better. And then my coach, who I still work with, uh, Adam Tanowski, he he really shaped me. Like finished finished the job, and you know he told me I was the best in my class. So, I mean, I just got better. And then you know offers came in. I was getting Toledo, Miami, Ohio, Clemson, and Pitt were honestly the final two. Um, so. What well, made you a uh, natural? What's well, a natural right. follow-up? What made you pick Pitt? Yeah, so honestly, it was Coach Powell. Um, just I felt more comfortable with Coach Powell as like more like family, and obviously, it's a lot closer to home uh, than Clemson is. And but Coach Powell really finished, made me decide to go to Pitt. 
So you you mentioned that uh, that you kind of came up through camp systems in high school, and I know uh, earlier in March you were at the Coles snapping camp in in Morgantown. Uh, what does a snapping camp look like? Uh, yeah, so snapping camp. There's they're different everywhere you go. Um, honestly, Rubio and and HKA, which is Adams Camp, were the two main camps that I went to. Um, Rubio has this big target that you snap into to compete. Um, but like the first hour and a half before you even start competing is really just drills and stuff. Just kind of like overhead throws, um, you know, short five yard snaps. Um, and then Adams camps are just very similar. It's about an hour and a half of drills and Adam Adams camps really focus on your laces on field goals. Obviously you want the laces faced out. And um, that's where I really dialed it in uh, this year, I think, for field goal-wise with Ben. Um, obviously, the first couple of games, you know, it's a little shaky. But then once we got dialed in, I don't think we missed uh, very much. Love yeah, to hear it. So. You came through in some big spots down the stretch. Yeah. What was the, uh, the biggest nerve-wracking snap for you last year? Was it one of those ones in the Sun Bowl? Honestly, the Sun Bowl was was the most chill. We were just relaxed. We were already five or four for four going into the last kick, and me, Ben, and Cam just looked at each other. I was like, "Let's just do what we've been doing all day." Um, actually, it was a PAT against West Virginia to tie the game, which cool. it's an extra point. But it was like, you know, we do that every day, fifty times a practice. It's an extra point. Like, but that was the most nerve wracking snap. Is there anything you do before, like? big, you know, extra points, big field goals, you know, punts in tight territory to, like, kind of get your mind off of the gravity of the situation? Um, That was actually something that I really uh, practiced this year because it was a new thing. I've never, like, obviously sophomore year I was in high school, I was just a snapper, but junior and senior year I played online and long snapped. So it was like I was never just, you know, a snapper where I had to sit on the sideline and got six to eight plays a game like so uh, you know going out there getting your one rep mental wise is is hard um harder than you think because you don't have 40 plays to make up for your one mistake you know you got four so i think i didn't really do anything different each one i kind of just you know definitely towards the end of the year me ben you know cam and junk we all we all just kind of treated every snap and every kick the same, like whether it was the first extra point of the game or the game-winning field goal. You know, we just try to keep everything the same. That's good. Consistency is probably uh, probably pretty good in that aspect, yeah. in, uh, you know, in, in your field. Right. So you you stepped into the, the shoes of quite a legend, All-American uh, Cal Adamitis, who's now with the Cincinnati Bengals, as we all know. Uh, what, what was it like to... Uh, fill in for maybe the greatest long snapper in pit history. Yeah, Kel's a true pit man. Mm-hmm. I love Kel. That's my that's my pappy. Uh, <laughs> he uh it was it was really cool. Like, you know, every week, you know, I text him about his game, he texts me about mine. Um we were really close within these last couple of years that we were together. Um you know he never when he was playing, he never went up to, you know, Kirk or 
uh, Cass or Sam Scarton when he was playing and asked how the snap was. It was always he came up to me. Um, so it was kind of just like, you know, our relationship really grew. You know, we texted each other at least once a week during the season. Um, but filling in for him was definitely a big, big shoes. Even Coach Powell, you know, before the season he even said that. You know, you got, you got big shoes to fill. So, you know, I, I hope I did him proud, and I think I did. Um, you know, I'm only trying to get better this year, and I'm looking forward to working out with him this summer, you know, snap and wash. Is there a long snapper you? And if not, can it be Pitt? Because I think we got some pretty good long snappers. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping it is Pitt uh, after, you know, Cal and then me, and we'll see who's next. Hopefully, was, you know, I get to the next level just like Cal did. So you guys use multiple different punters last year, left-footed kicker, right-footed kicker. Uh, how does that kind of mesh with a unit? Do you guys have to – I know you guys spend some different times with the different groupings, but does that make it tougher on a special teams unit when you have a bunch of different guys uh, get getting times, getting kicks? Yeah, so even just to start it off last spring um, – you know, obviously Sam Scarton and Ben Sauls were in that kicking competition, you know, up until the first week. Um, but I had a snap, you know, both lefty and righty um, field goal-wise. So that was that was tough to start off with. And, um, you know, going into the punters, I mean, people can make excuses all they want. Ultimately, you got to put the ball in the same spot every time. Um, but it was different because a lot of uh, – a lot of different punters like it in a specific spot. You know, some like it at their chest, some like it down at their waist. Um, so that was kind of difficult this year. But, you know, coming into, you know, this spring, I kind of just said whoever's back there, I'm putting in the same spot every time, no matter where they like it. Just make it easy on myself. <laughs> so much like Cal, uh, you are involving yourself in, in you, with charity and using your platform for a charitable cause as uh squid is demonstrating right now. And yeah, you, you got one of the shirts, the, the snapper 49 line. So uh, can you, can you tell us a little bit about uh, what you're doing with children's hospital and, uh, and what you're hoping to accomplish? Yeah. So it's very similar to Cal. Um, you know, I made a, a fundraiser page with children's hospital and obviously my goal was to be 49,000 by the end of the season. And um, it's kind of just a way to give back to the community and also build my brand at the same time, you know, where I'm not making benefit off of it. Um, but, you know, Cal, Cal was a big part of uh, my inspiration. I was watching him, you know, play with the kids and, and watching him cut his hair and stuff. And I know watching him do that. I, I went home and told my dad, I'm like, I want to do that when I'm, when I'm starting, when I have the platform. And so he kind of just started, you know, brainstorming ideas and, and this just kind of came, came to surface. So are you guys, are, are you trying to start a tradition amongst uh, pit long snappers that, that you guys are going to be the, the philanthropic uh, position group? Yeah, I did text Cal and I said, Hey, like, I'm going to do, you know, something very similar with you. And I hope, you know, whoever the next long snapper is that, that they kind of pick up the tradition as well. It's obviously a great cause. Um, we heard about it a lot with Cal, and we think it's amazing that you're doing it yourself. Something unique to yours, though, uh, on your Snapper 49 website, you got some some merch. You also have some sauces. We have a Snapper 49 hot sauce. 
We have a steak seasoning. Is that on the camera there if you're watching? And all-purpose seasoning. So what was the motivation to help the foodies out too? Yeah, some, uh, my dad was actually a, uh, just sold his grill cleaning business. He used to go to yeah. homes and clean grills. And um, the seasoning company, uh, he used to sell all these seasonings to every house that he went to. Like, they just said, yeah, like, we'll take that. Um, so that kind of took off for his business. And he was like, hey, like, you like to cook? Like, I just used it tonight on my uh, steak. And uh, so this is just kind of cool thing, a cool little different thing to do. I must say they are delicious. I've, I've, I took a dive in. Dylan David, sorry I didn't share. It's, I couldn't let it sit there unopened for too long. Yeah, so let's get a live test of the uh, hot sauce. So I was gonna fire up some chicken, but I got stuck in traffic on the way home from work, and I. It's okay. Just, just raw dog it. it right on the tongue. Yeah. All right. You said raw dog it. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, he drank it. <laughs> Oh, that was a swig. I'm not a big hot sauce fan. I'm, I'm not good with uh, too hot. But this is in the sweet spot because it's got some flavor yeah. too. It's not just purely heat. Yeah, it's like a chipotle pepper hot sauce. It's, yes. it's really good. I have no water around me, but <laughs> we'll kind of set you up on that one. <laughs> yeah. So you're you're obviously a big grilling guy. Let, do, you, do you have any tips? Like, say I want to throw a sirloin on the, you know, on the skillet or something tonight, and and run over to Squid's house, get the seasoning. Of course, do you have any any tips for the perfect steak or what tastes good with uh the stuff? Yeah, so I use a cast iron skillet. Perfect. Um, I put a little but or not butter. I put some olive oil on it. I put it in the oven about 425 take it out while it's hot put some butter in it put the steak on two minutes each side put it back in the oven for about three minutes and it is mint that's perfect yeah my mouth watering over here it's the first time we've given out a recipe on the show and i i hope people if you if you get first of all snapper49.com get the seasonings if you're listening to this Second, it's donated to Children's Hospital as well. Children's yes. Hospital, yes, great supporting cause, a great good food. cause. Yes, um, we need you to try the recipe and everyone send us pictures of it and let us know how Byron did. <laughs> Please. Um, so yeah, it I, I love that you bundled it in with some merchandise. I, I was really confused, uh, how you did clothing and, and seasoning because those felt like pretty disparate things, but makes sense now um so i i wanted to ask you i i read uh jerry DePaula's feature on you and and he had um you know a little bit of background as to you know why why giving back and specifically children's causes are are so valuable to you would you would you care to share what might have uh inspired you to go down this road yes yeah, so just kind of get straight into it me and my he's my stepbrother but we've been brothers since i was five and he was three so he's not really my stepbrother but um we were at my grandfather's house and we my grandpa has seven acres with a bunch of woods and we uh you know we would always go outside and you know play catch with the football and tackle each other and all that fun stuff but um you know we decided to go in the woods and just you know mess around and uh 
there's actually a uh, manhole cover out in the woods, like a you know one you see in the street. And for some God knows why reason, me and him decided we were gonna jump on it, and uh, we fell through. Ended up being a well, and uh, it was it was filled with water, so we didn't fall all the way down. Um, but we were just far enough down treading in the water where we couldn't reach the top <clears throat> to like pull ourselves out. Um, and it was in December, which in Northeast Ohio, it's was snowing. And um, we were stuck in there for about, it felt like three hours, but it was only 30 minutes. And, um, you know, we were praying in there, uh, me and him. Um, I'd always mess around with him and stuff. You know, he's my little brother, so. I kind of just told him I wouldn't be a dick to him anymore. If, you know, once we get out of here, and all that, <laughs> I still am a dick to him. But, uh, <laughs> but we, you know, we were praying. We were, we were, uh, you know, just talking to each other. And we literally, we thought we were going to die because we were so cold and we were just treading water. Um, there was a black tube coming out of the wall that I was hanging on to. And he was holding on to my wrist. Um, and we were just, you know, sitting there, you know, the first five minutes we were screaming, yelling, trying to get someone. But we were probably good. Uh, I couldn't even tell you. Probably good. We're good distance away from the house where, like, if you were inside here, there's no way you're hearing us. Um, but my aunt, luckily, was was in town and she was leaving um, to go, you know, to my great grandmother's house to say hi to her. And she hasn't. Uh, she didn't, she was backing out of the driveway and then she, you know, realized that she didn't see us anywhere. So she ended up coming back and getting out of the car, um, which thank, you know, thank God for that. And uh, she, she started yelling for us and, you know, we heard her like faintly and we screamed back. Uh, she came out, she, you know, got to us, she pulled me out first and she struggled. I mean, I was, I was bigger than my brother, but you know, I was probably about a hundred pounds at least. And she pulled me out. Um, and he, she needed help pulling him out because she had used all her strength to pull me out. So we pulled him out. And as soon as he came out of the water, he was out cold. Um, wow. And he, the, it was actually to get down to the woods that we were at, there's a steep hill. And, um, you know, I, my grandfather was a big guy, and he had a, a bum ankle from you know wrestling and playing football, so he couldn't get down uh, to the down to us to help uh, get Brennan out. Um, but by that time, I was already inside. I went right into the hot shower. Um, you know, so I only know like the details that my aunt told me, but of like the rest. But um, a police officer, a woman actually, um, she she carried Brennan up the steep hill and uh to the ambulance and they went straight to the hospital and when he got there he was about or when he was in the ambulance he was 80 degrees um so he had oh. severe, severe hypothermia and <clears throat> once i got out of the hot shower i just wanted to go to the hospital and be with him i i you know my my parents weren't there at the time um you know by the time they got there i'm like we gotta go like we're going to the hospital and uh so you know we all went and uh, when I went and saw him, he was still unconscious, and he had like a bunch of uh, wires hooked up to him. And and as I, it was it was uh, Cleveland's Rainbow Children's Hospital who ended up, you know, saving his life. So 
that's kind of like the main point of getting behind Children's Hospital. And then obviously, you know, I've had a lot of, of death in my family, like with my grandparents. And uh, so just, just hospitals in general are for sure, you know, I wanted to give back to them. Absolutely. I mean, healthcare workers, you know, we all, uh, we all don't really realize how important they are until we have to take advantage of their services. Um, so I think it's amazing, man. We appreciate you sharing that story because I know when I first read Jerry's story myself, you know, I was like, dang, like I I started tearing up a little and just hearing you tell the story yourself, man, it's super scary, but, um, definitely amazing. A blessing that, uh, you and your brother safe and, uh, now that you get to kind of pass that on, uh, we appreciate you coming on and telling us that story, and we appreciate you now giving back to children. It really is amazing, man. Yeah, I appreciate you guys for having me on and, and helping, you know, spread the word. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So if, if you're listening to this, I think we've said it before, but we'll say it again. Uh, snapper49.com. All proceeds go to Children's Hospital. Uh, incredible cause. Uh, we love what you're doing. Um, but before we let you go, um, there's a there's a segment we like to do with our Pit Panthers uh, called All Out Blitz, where we ask you some. We, we have to bring up the the, the mood a little. Bit, yeah, a no, little I, bit we, we just have this. We just have our man tell a heart wrenching, emotional life uh-huh. life changing story. But uh, we also have this goofy little segment we want to have you do at the end, and uh, hopefully it'll leave us out of here on a little little bit of a high, high note. Uh, we'll have a little bit of fun with it. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So let's so go we, about your evening. So what we do is we ask uh, rapid fire questions um, and you can answer them rapid fire. If you have a story, we love stories and, and you can take your time with it, but uh, we call it all out blitz. And, uh, and, you know, we'll, we'll see if you can, uh, if you can survive the pressure. How what do you say? <laughs> Let's do it. Awesome. So uh, we'll put 30 seconds. No, we're not going to put any time on the clock. Uh, first question, favorite Oakland establishment. Stacked. Solid favorite, favorite coach's quote, Coach Powell, Coach Narduzzi. Hurry, hurry, Coach Powell. <laughs> Great impression, too. <laughs> Who's on your pregame playlist? Shit. Uh, you guys are going to laugh at me, but it's, it's, it's um, J-Lo and Ja Rule. Wow. I love it. Jenny from the block. Mm-hmm. It's going to be job done. It's going to be so satisfying, you know, watching you snap another game tying or game winning point against like West Virginia, knowing the guy with the ball in his hands, Jenny from the block is playing in his head right now. Playing in my head. Uh, love it. Um, who's the more famous uh, resident of mentor Ohio? You Mitch Trubisky or 20th president of the United States, James A. Garfield. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, James A. Garfield's house, we pa- I pass every day. So, <laughs> uh, but no, that's probably Mitch. Definitely nowadays. He actually just got inducted to the Mentor Hall of Fame uh, this past weekend. Nice. I, I didn't realize it was the third biggest school in Ohio. I don't know if it still is, but when I was. When I was there, it was we were the third biggest football school, at least. 
follow-up, are you a Pittsburgh pro sports team fan, or are you a fan of uh, those teams over in Ohio? Go Browns, baby. Oh, no. Oh. All right, that's a good way to end this. That's a good way <laughs> to end this. Let's, let's sit. You can see yourself out here. Uh, no, we got any more on the all-out blitz? Uh, oh, favorite moment at Pitt thus far? There's so many. Um, honestly, it'd probably be scooping and scoring against Duke, even though the touchdown didn't count. I did know the rule. I do. I, I did know the rule before then, but when I saw the ball on the ground and I picked it up, I literally thought I scored. And Toby <laughs> lifted me up in the air like it was. It was a cool moment. I swear that happens every time. All the fans go crazy, and then there's people gradually like, eh, "Not a touchdown! Not a yeah. touchdown!" But it's still so cool to see. You get the yeah. ball. That, like if that counted them in my first touchdown in my football career ever. I actually had the same thing happen to me in junior high because I was, I was a long snapper too. Obviously uh, a bad one uh, that I, I didn't make it past ninth grade, but I, I, it was a playoff game and I fell on a ball in the end zone and, and they took it away. And I was, I was ready to catch the fade with the ref. <laughs> Like we punched it in the next play, and I I still argue with the guy who scored. Like that was my touchdown. Just yeah, I, that's you had told, twenty this year. Give this one Izzy to me. Too. That's what I told Izzy too. Izzy didn't need another one. Yeah, he didn't need it. No. <laughs> well, well that, here's the thing: you're you're gonna take that video clip. You're gonna show your kids, your grandkids, and you're gonna say, "Yeah, I scored a touchdown at Pitt." Yeah. They won't know the difference. <laughs> nope. No, no, they. That is your touchdown. We are we are rewriting the the record books one under floyd <laughs> or how about we just have coach powell draw up a trick play for you so you can get a real touchdown then we don't have hey, to i've been talking that. about that little snapper eligible i've been talking yeah. about <laughs> we don't have to share any trade secrets on the air but think about it i don't know if you've seen i mean I, um this was Probably definitely before your time, but uh, Nate Bossery once scored a touchdown. Yeah, yeah Chris Paul showed us the, the film right. many a times. <laughs> That's gonna be you this year. <laughs> awesome. Well, that was all for uh, All Out Blitz, and, and that's all that we had for you. But uh, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, again, everybody, snapper49.com, Children's Hospital, get you some gear, get you some good seasoning and hot sauce. And, uh, and help a great cause and a, and a great young man, Byron. We really appreciate what you're doing for the community. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Thanks. Absolutely. Hail to Pitt. Yes, H2P. Thank you again to Byron for joining us. Uh, if you'd like to help support his cause, go to snapper49.com. That is snapper49, which is his number. It kind of makes sense, get it? Because like, he's a snapper and his number's 49.com. Uh, you know, you can you can contribute, you can buy some memorabilia, the proceeds of which will go to Children's Hospital, um, but definitely a worthwhile cause. And we are we're we're very proud that Long Snapper has become such a uh, such a philanthropic position at the University of Pittsburgh. Really love what those kids are doing. Um, so we're going to send you guys out for the week, you know, start making your plans and preparations for tailgating. Uh, but before we do that. Squid, I know you have some final thoughts. I do as well. I'll go first. This is pretty recent. Um, as of a few hours ago, there were yeah. rumors. I'm going to say they're confirmed rumors that the Titans are looking to move on from Malik Willis and are entertaining the thoughts of bringing in another quarterback. 
Huh. That lasted shorter than I expected, and I had very low expectations. But Squid, isn't Malik Willis the quarterback that the Steelers should have drafted instead of Kenny Pickett? Yeah, he was the guy that threw the ball like 71 yards in pro day and overthrew most of his passes at the combine. But that one that he threw was really far. Right, so he was worthy of a first-round pick. Yeah, yeah. according to those that haven't watched him play real football. He is, uh, I mean, he was so perfect. You, you, this was fitting that you took this one because, uh, I know you, you had your gripes about Will Levis last week when we, when we had our final thoughts, Malik Willis is absolutely the same thing. A big bodied athletic quarterback that can throw the ball a country mile. You just need to teach him how to, how to like throw a, a complete pass, how to like hit a guy in stride. But once you teach him everything there is about being a pro quarterback, he'll be great. Yeah, I, I'm very on this train of, I mean, Josh Allen ruined it. We talked about it last week, so I won't go down the same, the same road. Everyone thinks they're gonna need the next Josh Allen, and I think there is like a three percent hit rate on drafting tall quarterbacks with big arms that who sucked in college. college. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I'm glad this has happened. I am going to probably look back through our mentions of everybody that tweeted us about Malik Willis being better. Yeah. At around this time last year, we don't for the draft. So yeah, be on the lookout for those. I, it just, I feel like a genius, but it was like, so obvious. I can't even claim that. It's yeah. Just, I wasn't <laughs> an idiot. Like the mock draft nerds that see pro day and, that's all that matters. Yeah. I will say though, like, I think we were very certain he was going to suck and we were correct. Um, if you watched any games with them last year that he had to fill in, Tennessee would not let him like throw a forward pass. Everything was behind the line of scrimmage. He was, he was basically a wildcat running back, but uh, I will say uh, spending a third rounder is not nothing. And when the whole caveat of drafting a guy is, you need to be patient as hell and you need to teach him everything. You need to hold his hand through it and maybe he'll pan out. Uh, giving up on him after one year isn't a, I don't want to say not a great look because you're a professional franchise. And if a guy sucks, move on from him. Uh, but I'm surprised by the lack of patience from the Titans when they knew this, when they were getting into it. Yeah. I think the narrative was, this guy has a lot of potential, so he's worth a first-round pick. Yeah. But he might not be ready to be a starter for two to three years, which is kind of like... Kind stupid. of a long time. Yeah, so why don't you just take a guy who can play football for you within three years in the first round? I don't know. I'm not a GM, but that makes sense to me. Um, yeah. Don't count on seeing Malik Willis. Starting no. a football game soon, but you can count on Kenny Pickett starting games because yeah. he is yeah, better yeah. and good at football. Yeah, good at and football. he can just throw the ball like nine yards shorter than him in tights. Are we um are we in the trust tree right now? Sure, I have a really really hot take about Malik Willis. That uh that video of him from the combine his year. Oh yeah, you know the one I'm talking about. Uh, rich eyes and um 
almost jumped out of the booth out of excitement. Yes. Oh, I'm I'm talking about the one uh, where he was filmed giving a homeless man like all of the clothes out of his suitcase. Oh, 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 oh. yes. I'm I'm super woke on that being staged. Like I'm I'm sure Malik Willis is like an awesome dude and a great kid, but you're telling me in a in a city of that is full of scouts and media and coaches. He just happened to come across a homeless person just as someone with a camera phone. It was like perfectly timed too. Uh, was walking the other way and he just unloads his entire suitcase worth of clothes for a homeless man that was sitting there. I'm not usually jaded and I love a good random act of kindness, but I watched that and I was like, hmm. that, that feels a little bit too on the nose. I don't know. Malik Willis is a fraud. Confirmed. Fraud. Confirmed. Uh, my final thought is uh, Paris Ford. What are we doing, buddy? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, so if you haven't seen yet, and I'm, if you listen to this show, I feel like you're probably informed enough that you've seen it and read about her already. He just kind of went on a random Twitter tirade, ripping Pat Narduzzi apart, uh, saying that Chuck Partridge is basically the real coach of the Pitt Panthers and that he's the only reason we're successful. Narduzzi can't recruit. Narduzzi got him blackballed. And listen, if you are close to the program, to the University of Pittsburgh, uh, if you have, you know, any friends that have been in the locker room or cover the team, you have probably heard s- stories about Paris Ford's antics when he was on that team and how much patience it took out of that locker room and out of that coaching staff to get him suited up and in a pit uniform Saturday to Saturday. And I think everyone's been like, Everyone was cool about it because they got he was like a young kid who was who was, you know, trying to deal with the position he was in. Um, but he's he's now a, a full adult who is out of college and he's he's still trying to blame other people for his lack of pro career. And it's like, dude, we've you you can't try to tell us this bullshit about Narduzzi when we heard all the stories about you when you were at Pitt. Yeah, it's tough to watch. This is probably like the fourth or fifth time that he's taken a jab at Narduzzi on Twitter, but he's always deleted it real quick. This one was a lot more in-depth and yeah. stayed up for a while. I think he deleted it now, but still. The point was everybody saw it. He knew what he was doing, and he's done this before. I think it's very clear that he had very bad advice opting out midseason after having a letdown year bad idea not preparing for the combine bad idea all these hurt we know what the film is the film is amazing when it's good uh he's still getting bad advice because shouldn't you be trying to prove uh those theories that you're a problem wrong claiming your coach blackballed you on twitter for the world to see is not 
making those scouts be like, oh yeah, Paris Ford, that guy who's a problem in the locker room. Now I want to take him. Now I'll give him a shot. Yeah. No, it isn't. This is not helping your case. Um, I don't know how close he is to making your practice squad. I don't know if he has a, a big year in, in the USFL that he'd get a chance. Probably not, but this is certainly not helping. And it is it is bizarre. It is 30 for 30 worthy. Just... Yeah, I've I said this earlier to our friends. If he had a if he, either he or the University of Pittsburgh had a higher profile, I think this would definitely be a documentary already, or someone would be working on it. Um, but yeah, man, I I just don't know how much responsibility Narduzzi bears for you running a four nine and only accomplishing a twenty eight inch vertical at your combine. Those are random dude at the YMCA numbers. Like I'm. I'm certain the next time I go play pickup with our friends, there will be someone there who is like a 27-year-old accountant who could still crack a five and a 40 and jump 30 inches in the air. Like that is, those are, those are good numbers for a 300-pound person. Yeah, this is tough because I want to love Paris Ford because his best year was one of the best years of a safety that we've had a pit yeah. in a long time. I still watch the highlights every once in a while because it's so impressive and crazy to watch. So he won a lot of games because of Paris Ford. I love that he stayed home. Him and Hamlin, sweet duo. Yeah. Hometown heroes. But now that he's like bad mouthing the program publicly, I don't know. I don't know what to do. It's It sucks, but Paris Ford just maybe delete Twitter for a while. And he like he tweets at recruits too. Like it and I forget who the recruit was, but he like tweeted at a kid that Pitt was heavily recruiting, maybe even committed already. And I, yeah. I really wish I could remember who it was. He, he was like, like DM me, yeah. He was like, DM me, man. We got like some some stuff to talk about. And I I feel like it's reasonable to be worried that if this guy who has an axe to grind against Narduzzi is reaching out to guys Narduzzi is targeting that he is not saying kind things. So yeah, I, I think we're okay though, because if that player says, Hey, coach Narduzzi, I talked to your former player and he said X, Y, and Z about how you blackballed him. And then Pat Narduzzi will turn over his shoulder and point at a picture of the eight or nine defensive backs that are in the NFL currently that went to pit that he and coached. had less raw talent than Paris yeah. Ford. He's like, yeah, well, one, nine, do the math. I think we're doing good things here at Pitt. So points behind him and says, This is what happens when you show up to practice. Yeah. Yeah. I it's sad because I think we all really wanted to root for him and really wanted to see him succeed, but shit just kind of keeps happening. So well. We'll put this to rest for now. Maybe in a month or two, once the recruits start lining up for Pitt, he'll come out of the woodwork again. Uh, maybe once NFL OTAs begin, we'll get another tweet. But for now, let's just forget about Paris Ford's tweets. <laughs> let's forget about everyone that said that Malik Willis was the obvious pick over future Hall of Famer Kenny Pickett. I'm not going to forget them. They're not safe. 
no 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 you should you should go through those tweets yeah. immediately yeah yeah cool well uh hope everybody has a wonderful week getting ready for the 2023 pit spring game and we hope to see you there bright and early in gold lot uh bring some beer bring some breakfast meats and uh let's watch some free football hail loyal sons of pittsburgh and that's going to do it here for the Loyal Sun Show. The incredibly handsome and talented Dylan, David, and Squid are signing off. Until next time, Panther fans, H2P.